Welcome to episode five of the F-Sharp podcast. This episode is all about Roth conversions, how and when to use them, and should you be using them. Also in this episode, Tanner gives us his favorite and most beneficial planning technique when working with his clients. So listen up for that and enjoy the show. To the F Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the F-Sharp Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Bortnam, and with me is co-host Adam Henning. What's up, Adam? Hello. How's it going? How's it going? You've been out uh, running recently, right? A little sore. A little yeah. sore. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> How'd you do? Uh, ran a half marathon, second half marathon, and uh, it went... Um, unbelievably good <laughs> um yeah i just I, i've turned in a time that i just was not expecting i um was training for um i ran my first half in 18 and then i took a couple years off got fat and then came, came back to running <laughs> <laughs> came back to running and did another race um in august which was ragnar which was a lot of fun um a team relay and um you know, trained for 2020 it got canceled so i kept training for 2021 so i was in you know i'd been running for two years so i was like you know what did a successful ragnar i just i i should parlay this into a half and and knock that out um how how long is a half marathon 13.1 so uh, oh, oh and why why would you put yourself through that <laughs> it's addictingly fun um yeah that's what i hear except every time i run it's just pain and agony yeah i I wouldn't consider myself like a natural runner either but it's just something that um keeps me um disciplined um i I, my training was about 20 miles a week which is exhausting um and it is a time commitment but so i'm excited to scale that back but um yeah just my 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 pr was like uh 850 or 845 or 844 mile which isn't that great um so i came into it knowing that it barring anything epically bad i would be able to pr that by almost 10 minutes um and my goal was about a 755 pace mile and I had some training runs that like a 10, I had a 10, a couple of 10s and 11s that I ran like a 736. And I was like, holy crap, I don't know how, where that came from. Um, but most of my runs were coming in around 745, 750. So I 
thought I could do that. Um, and then it was 30 to de- real feel 30 degrees. It was 37 <laughs> degrees. Um, and I was well, like, it's oh, Minnesota for you. This could be interesting. And, you know, race day provided adrenaline. I ended up running 736 pace and I was like, holy bleep. That was about as good as I could have ever done. So now I'm like, yeah, maybe I can get a sub 730. <laughs> wow. And, and hey, Greta's well, like, congrats, man. Greta's like, no, no, shut it down. I'm like, all right, I'll shut it down. <laughs> I'll shut it down for a few months. <laughs> yeah. Addictingly no, that's, fun. that's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not into running at all. I have obviously you and, and a few other friends that are and. I don't understand it, uh, but more power to you. Uh, definitely proud of you for doing as well as you did. I, I saw the stuff on Instagram, and and that was that was pretty neat to see. You know the videos that you're running by. Uh, Miles not liking that you left him. <laughs> Hated it. I felt uh, bad for Greta. I felt bad for Greta. I was like, I gotta run ten more miles, and I'm dropping stuff off at her, and she's dealing with this kid that's just crying and throwing a tantrum because dad just left. <laughs> yeah well hey you got obviously maybe that's your motivation you ran faster to finish sooner to get back to him there you go exactly you know what he was i ran a lot with him so he was probably honestly sad that he wasn't with me because we we ran we ran a lot together so hey what how you feel about running is probably how i feel about you with numbers and financial stuff so <laughs> well, that no, that's fair. That actually is probably uh very accurate. So but uh you ready to get into today's episode? Absolutely. What are we talking about? Roth conversions, correct? Yes, yes. So I am I'm very excited to talk about um this today. Um I hope that I'm gonna just throw it out there at the beginning. I hope that everyone that listens to this shares this with absolutely every single friend and family member that you have um, because this is one of the most beneficial planning techniques that I have used for my clients over the last three to four years. Um, and if you are not taking advantage of this, you are going to very likely regret it. Now, again, there may be a few situations out there where this doesn't make sense for someone. That's why you know you should go talk with a financial advisor to make sure it does make sense for you but there's a very 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 high probability that this is something that you should be looking into and likely doing for yourself and it will save you a boatload in taxes which no one likes to pay taxes you like paying taxes adam absolutely not yeah i haven't met a single person yet that says that they like paying taxes so um anyways roth conversions uh, I know last episode, if, if you check that one out, we went over kind of the different account types. So just real quick, we're going to keep it in the world of IRAs, individual retirement accounts, when we're talking about this. And just to kind of set the stage, um, you know, the, the first thing that we have to go over is in an IRA, you can have a traditional IRA, which is pre-tax money which means you have not paid tax on it yet. You have to pay tax on it at a later point in time in retirement when you take that money out to spend it to live off of. And then there is a Roth IRA. And the Roth, R-O-T-H, Roth IRA means that you have paid the taxes now and any growth 
that happens in the account is all tax-free. And when you take that money out later on in retirement, you don't pay taxes on it then. And um, again, setting the stage a little bit, giving a little history lesson here, uh, traditional IRAs came out first. Uh, I believe it was around eight, 1985, 1986, something like that. Um, and, and back then, um, you know, and, and, and if you're, uh, you know, part of the baby boomer generation or, or, you know, retired or, or later in your career, um, you know, you have probably heard this mantra of defer taxes, defer taxes, defer taxes. And, and what that means is put money into a traditional IRA because you don't pay taxes now while you're working. And once you get to retirement, you're going to be in a much lower tax bracket because you're not working and you're not going to need as much income. So, uh, so do that and, and defer the taxes and pay it later on down the road in retirement. And uh, that was an amazing strategy, uh, amazing strategy for that time period, you know, going back all the way you know, into the 60s, um, in, you know, in, in retirement, uh, employer retirement accounts and doing this deferral of taxes. Uh, the problem with that is, is since then, taxes have steadily kept coming down and down and down and down and down. And now we're at a point and I personally think it's an inflection point. I don't think taxes are going to go any lower um, than they are currently or that they've been for the last uh, four years or whatever it's been since the um, Tax and Job Cuts Act of 2018 uh, or 2017, whatever year it was. Um, and so we've kind of hit this crossroads where we are at what you know myself and, and a lot of top economists believe are, are the lowest tax taxes and tax brackets that we're going to be in um and that in all likelihood taxes the pendulum is going to swing back the other way it's gone too far and taxes are going to have to go up um you know to pay for the debt to pay for an increasing number i believe there's 10,000 roughly 10,000 baby boomers that are retiring every single day that's a lot of money going out in social security it's a lot of money going out in medicare everyone's living longer again that puts more stress on Social Security and Medicare. Um, we have, a, as I mentioned, we have a massive debt. Um, Congress is currently in uh, negotiations over another in the range of $1.5 trillion to $3.5 trillion uh, bill. You know, these things all need to get paid for. And the way to pay for that is by raising taxes. That, that's how the government makes their money. They raise taxes. And so kind of that old, that age-old theory of deferring taxes is not a good theory anymore. And that is where we enter in the Roth conversion. Are you familiar with a Roth conversion, Adam? Surface level. <laughs> sure. Well, let's, let's do this. Why don't you tell me what you know about it, and then we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Does that sound fair? Sure, sure. Based on my age, I, I don't contribute to a traditional um, Roth or, or traditional IRA because of what you just said is my research led me to a Roth IRA. So my knowledge is taking a traditional, the amount of contributions that you've made to a traditional and moving it into a different account, in this case, would be a Roth IRA, and um, 
not being subjected to the limits, the contribution limits per year. Is that accurate? That's about it. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Good. It's a good start. Uh, um, <laughs> As and, and that's fair. Yes. It's, well, no, no, no. Uh, that probably wasn't a very good question to ask you because as as you mentioned it's a good point you know with you being a younger person putting your money into a Roth already you won't have a Roth conversion because you already have your money in the Roth side so what a Roth conversion is is if you know uh, you as the listener if you have been or uh, really if you have any type of account whether it's uh, an individual uh, traditional IRA or whether you had a 401k at an employer, because that's all pre-tax, or a 403b, anything that's pre-tax, anything you have not paid taxes on yet. Um, you know, and if you don't work there anymore and you put it into a traditional IRA, that money that's in the, the pre-tax side that you've not paid taxes on yet in a, an IRA, traditional IRA, you can do what's called a Roth conversion for any amount that you want. And what you do is you pay the taxes now on whatever amount you convert. And now you have converted that money. And since you've paid the tax, think of it, when I talk with clients, think of it like, um, you know, there, there's a, a river running down, you know, this hypothetical location that we're at. And there's two sides. There's traditional side and there's the Ross side. And we like the Ross side. And we want to be over on that side of the river. Well, we have to pay a toll to cross the bridge. And the toll is, you know, paying the taxes right now to do the Roth conversion. And the Roth conversion is what allows us to go on the other side of the bridge and have our money be over in the Roth. And so you pay the taxes now. And whatever amount of money that is, whether it was your entire account, whether it was some of your account, whatever that is, you pay the taxes on that. It, it's it's income to you in that year. So, so that's like a traditional... Like that's like a traditional, like your taxes you gotta pay in, correct? Is that that's how you, when you correct. say yep. pay? It, and can if you don't have the means to do that because that's straight cash, can you do this conversion over a period of years? Yes, so you can do a conversion of as as much or as little amount as you want. Um, and yes, over as many years as you would want. So some of my clients, we've been doing this for the last four years. Their accounts, right, 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 right. they worked for a lot of years, saved up a bunch of money that's in 401ks. We can't do all of that in one year. So we're sure. piecemealing it for several years. Um, and, and and that's the kind of the inflection point is, is can you figure out how much to do on your own? Yeah. I mean, Yeah. Now, do I think that there's a lot more into it than most people think? Absolutely. You know, I, I have software for uh, my clients that we utilize that will look at, you know, obviously your age, because depending upon what your age is determines not only how much Roth conversion you should be doing, but also, you know, if you're a young person, you, may, you have to have the cash available to pay that taxes. You cannot take it out on the Roth conversion. If you're uh, a retired person, and you're over 59 and a half, you can take the taxes out of the conversion itself, but you want to make sure you're over 59 and a half. So there's, you know, kind of step number one. Step number two is how much do you do? Because you want to do as much as you can without basically without blowing up your tax situation. 
you know, and, and, and that's a conversation in and of itself. And then a third step is, is if you are anywhere, uh, within, you know, I'd say 60 plus, even probably push it back to 55 plus, but 60 plus for sure, you definitely want to be working with someone because depending upon how much Roth conversion you do can have an impact on your social security and your Medicare uh, costs and potentially having a surcharge. So if you have the ability to do all of those things and look all of that, good, great. Like, please do that and please look into the Roth conversion. And if you don't, please go talk with someone who has an expertise in looking at all of this for you. Because again, the Roth conversion, just, I know we kind of went over the basics, you know, it's a toll to, to get over to the bridge or to get over the, the river and get on the other side um, and having the money on the Roth. Now, you know, clients will ask, what is the benefit of this? Why would I want to pay the taxes now? And in my opinion, it, it, it's twofold. The, the two biggest reasons are, one, again, I hit it on it earlier, we're in the lowest tax environment for most Americans that, that they've ever been in. And that includes if you are working. So why would you not want to pay the taxes now versus paying the taxes on a, you know, in a later year when you are in retirement and taxes likely will be higher. And even if you're, you know, if you're kind of at the end of your career and you're working versus, and you're about to retire, that's kind of a gray zone. Again, just go in and have someone analyze this for you, but you should at least be looking at whether this is beneficial to you and it's beneficial to most people. Um, so that's kind of the main thing is taxes and in the very high likelihood that taxes are going to go up. It may not happen in the next two, three years, but if you stretch this out 10 years from now, 20 years from now, there's a, there's a very good probability that, that taxes are higher for everyone. And the second reason is, as you know, hopefully all of our listeners know, you know, compound interest, the growth of money that's in there, the, the amount of money you have in a Roth gets to grow tax free. So one, if you leave it in the traditional side, you're still having the same amount of growth, but the government is, is getting to take some of that growth with you. Um, you know, think, think I got, I have another analogy that I, that, that I like to use on this. Think of the government as being a business owner with you in a traditional pre-tax side. They're the business owner and they get to say, this is what the taxes are. Now, 10, 15 years from now, they still get to say what the taxes are. But what if taxes are higher? Well, all of a sudden, they've now just become a lot bigger partner and business owner in their share of your retirement. So why would you not buy them out right now while it's at a lower lower side? Move and, it to the other side. Oh, go ahead, Adam. Yep. And as your money grows, their money grows because of their percentage of your money is growing. Exactly. That's where I was getting to. If the money in the Roth and it and it grows, let's just say 10%, you get all 10% of that because it's in the Roth side. But now the money into the traditional side, if it grows that exact same 10%, the government is getting some of your 10% growth. So let's get the government out of our hair. Let's get the money moved over to a Roth and let that grow. 
And then actually a third one may or may not apply to everyone. If you end up not utilizing all of your retirement accounts, a Roth IRA is an amazing inheritance vehicle because you don't pay any taxes to take that money out, nor does any of your beneficiaries, whoever you leave that money to. They don't pay taxes on it either. So if you don't use all of it, your kids or you know whomever you give it to, they don't pay taxes either. And it can just sit there and keep growing, no one paying taxes on it. Because the, uh, the, the required, whatever they call it, RMDs for the traditional starts after so many years, if it's not being used, if it's passed down to a, an heir, is that correct? I don't, I'm not sure how many years it is, but that kicks in. Sure. I believe. Yeah. Um, so, th- yeah, yeah, th- you're right. So there, there's a couple things. They're called um, required minimum distributions or RMDs. Um, and so, again, that's another negative, in my opinion, on a traditional IRA. The pre-tax side is when you turn 72, because uh, it just changed. When you turn 72, um, you are required. The government says, okay, enough's enough. You've deferred these taxes long enough. Now you have to start taking some out. And every year that amount gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, which guess what? Is going to push you into a higher and higher and higher tax bracket. And then we've already said that we think taxes are going to be higher. So you know, you're going to get pushed up into some of these you know, a lot higher taxes than what you're currently paying. And if that money is in a Roth, there is no required minimum distributions. You do not have to take any of that money out. You can, you can take it out because it's yours, but you do not have to take it out. So again, you're getting, you're, you're buying the government out. I really like that analogy. Think of it as, as they're a business owner and you're buying them out for the lowest amount possible and getting them out of their hair and being able to run your business as you know your Roth IRA how you want. You don't have to take money out unless you want to, and it grows tax free for you, for any of your beneficiaries, and any anyone that you want to give it to. And so um, again, if if uh, if you haven't been working with someone on this, please 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 go see someone, um, and please go see them very soon because. Congress is um, currently negotiating um, you know, a bill that I'm sure we're all, we're all aware of and, and what the magnitude of it is. And in there, in some of these negotiations, is a potential for Roth conversions to go away. Um, if that happens, you know, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen until the final bill comes out, but that at least is being discussed and if that happens, you know, this may be the last year to do a Roth conversion. So it may be your, you know, first and only shot to or last shot to get this done in this year because a Roth conversion has to be completed uh, by December 31st. So it has to be completed by the end of this year to count in this tax year. So again, if you haven't if you're not working with a financial advisor, please go see someone, have them analyze it. And please go see someone that actually knows what they're talking about. Have them analyze all the things we talked about in this because it's a lot more complex than just, you know, knowing what tax bracket it's going to put you into. And maybe even more importantly, if you are working with someone and they have not been suggesting or talking to you about Roth conversions over the last three to four years, 
that to me is a really big red flag and I think it would be worth it to, you know, go interview with other people and, and try to find someone because again, there are situations where a Roth conversion does not necessarily make sense for everyone, but those situations are, are pretty rare. Um, I, I have some clients that it doesn't make sense, but we still discussed it. We still ran the analysis and the analysis said that it didn't make sense. Um, you know, I, I really think that you should get out there and, and at least have it being looked at because, you know, if it is beneficial for you, you've already missed out on three, four years that you could have been doing it. Um, so please, 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 um, do take this seriously. There <laughs> potentially may be a time limit on this, depending upon what Congress does. Would um, they do that within and, and the, it is. The, they would, they would make a bill within the, the same taxable year. They wouldn't. I mean, no, no, if, but if they pass, so let's say in a month or two months or whatever, it doesn't right. matter. Let's say they pass this. If they pass this new bill prior to the end of this year, they will likely let 2021 work as is under the current rules, but 2022 right. would be under the new rules. So the Roth conversion may not be there in t come 2022. So that means 2021 very well could be our last year to do this. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, if it's, you... I mean, it's... And, when, and again, like, this is why I wanted to have this episode be, you know, much sooner in our list of things to go over because there is this deadline. I mean, there's a lot more kind of baseline building block things that we could be talking about right now to kind of you know, help build people's education. I know that this is a, a more in-depth um, strategy, but it's one that everyone should at least go have it looked at and analyzed to see if it's something that will be a benefit to you because it may go away. And if it doesn't go away, taxes in 2025 will revert to the tax code that we had under President Obama in which every tax bracket will go up anywhere between two and 4% anyways. So there's still, even if Congress doesn't take away the Roth conversion, there still is a, you know, this urgency to get, get going on it because you can only do under, you know, depending upon your situation, you may only be able to do a portion of your, of your pre-tax money each year and you need to get working on it the more years you can put right. in there the the lower your taxes are rather than having huge roth conversions so tanner you, you just you spoke on um a, a traditional um roth conversion i've heard other types of conversions um a backdoor conversion or a mega backdoor can you can you elaborate on those and, and what are those yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll start with the backdoor uh, Roth IRA is what it's called. Uh, this is going to be so both of these are going to be for very high income earners. So um, if if that if you don't fall into that category, you know, don't worry about this part. If you do fall into that category, this is something you can utilize. Uh, so there are caps on the amount of money you can make and still contribute, still put money in. Now, uh, you know, contributing taking money out of your checking account and putting it into a Roth IRA. Um, and, and it's different between, uh, you know, 
single and and married um i believe married's like up around one hundred ninety eight thousand dollars jointly something somewhere around there so if you make more than that as a couple you cannot contribute to a roth ira well if you still want to take advantage of you know the tax-free growth that that a roth ira has you can do what's called a backdoor roth ira in which case you would put the money into a traditional ira and then immediately do a roth conversion because there is no limit on income. There is nothing about that on the Roth conversion. Okay, so if that's a, a backdoor uh, uh, conversion, what's a, a mega backdoor? Why do they call it a mega backdoor? <laughs> yes, so this is, uh, again, for, for high-income earners, uh, it's going to be even more... I don't want to say difficult, more selective because you have to work with your employer. Um, but if your employer has a retirement plan, most of the time it's a 401k. And if that 401k allows what is called an after-tax account. Now, you might as well check into this, see if you're... Um, your employer does, but the, the hard part is going to be is that they will think that you're talking about a Roth side of things, and it's not. It's separate from a Roth portion. So in a 401k, you can have a traditional pre-tax side, you can have a Roth side, and then you can potentially have this third after-tax account. Now, if they have an after-tax account, you are allowed to shove boatloads of money in there. It's something like fifty-five, fifty-six thousand dollars a year if you want and then because you've paid taxes on that you can roll it over directly into a Roth IRA where it grows tax-free for the rest of your life again that is a highly sophisticated tactic um, you know if you are making over you know 200,000 as an individual as a couple if you're over you know 250 plus uh, you know, definitely something that you should be talking with your financial advisor about, or hopefully they are talking to you about it. Um, and they can help guide the situation. Um, you know, or if they're not, you know, reach out to another financial advisor that has the expertise to help you in that area. Cause it is something that, you know, if you're in, in that echelon, um, it, it's a way for you to be able to partake in the Roth account. Um, since you're, you're kind of, phased out with just being able to contribute the $6,000 per year. So again, know that that's probably for, you know, select listeners, but did want to make sure that people at least knew that when we we're talking about the Roth conversions so that we're including anybody that that's potentially listening to this, uh, you know, this podcast. So answer me this, why and this will, we'll kind of wrap up after this, but if you're able to do these backdoor conversions, why even have the limits in the first place? I get that there's going to be some tax payout when you when you convert it, but it there just seems to be some workarounds. But why even? <laughs> um, the very short answer, without getting on a soapbox or going down a rabbit hole, is Congress is a group of people who most of which are not attorneys, and they are creating law. And this is not tax evasion. This is they set the rules for the game and it's learning how to play the game better than they are. There's always what are called tax loopholes and they are not 
evading taxes. It's just things that they didn't think about when they drafted it. Um, and or they drafted people have it been able purpose. to take. Who knows? Right. Again, I mean, I, I, who's to say? Right. But, right. you know, the rule they set the rules and we just play by the rules. Um, you know, I always tell my clients, I am not in the business of tax evasion. I am in the business of tax exploitation. And so I will never give advice on this podcast or any tips that are going to be anywhere crossing the boundaries. I hold my ethics very high. But if there is something that is within the bounds of law and that you can do, I'm going to make sure that our listeners know about it so that if they fit into that category, they can take advantage of it because it's there. And it's, it's something that you know, they can utilize to better themselves and better their life. So why would you not, why would you not do it? Right. Well, I think the most, the most, most people, maybe me, I think of the, one of the things that is most glossed over when seeking the value of financial advisor is, okay, how do I invest it? Growing, growing that investment. Um, those are important and are always spoken of. But the third prong is always, I think, glossed over is keeping it, keeping that when you withdraw it. And I think everything that yep. we talked about in this episode is draws back to that is, okay, I've, I've, I've contributed my money. I've grown it. How do I keep the, keep it? How do I keep the government away from, you know, keep as much of it as possible? And that's, I think that one of the biggest values that we forget a financial advisor brings. Uh, yeah. And if they aren't bringing that and they're not talking about Roth conversions, they're not adding the value that you should be getting and you should seek someone else to get that advice because you're exactly right, Adam. Um, you know, taxes is something that is concrete. I mean, yes, Congress can change it, but we know what the rules are. I know what when I do an analysis for a client, I know how much it's going to save them in taxes. That that is finite. If people give me money, you know, my clients are happy with the returns that I get, but I don't know what the returns are going to be. We don't know the future of the markets. That's variable, and that's what all a lot of advisors so focus on so much, and they're leaving, you know, all this money out there, and they're not focusing on taxes. Well, if I can save a client ten percent in taxes. That's a 10% return on your money. Like taxes can also need to be, you know, need to be thought of as returns. And yeah, you definitely want to be working with someone that understands taxes, has a knowledge about it, and can help you, as you said, Adam, keep as much of your money in your pocket. Awesome stuff, my man. And if you're sitting there, (laughs) if you're sitting there listening to this episode and you're like, "Mm, my financial advisor isn't doing the some of the things that tanner had laid out go back listen to episode three that'll help you find someone that is asking those questions and providing you the the correct planning for your situation so again we hope this episode has been helpful as always thank you for listening if you haven't yet please like subscribe leave us review share with a friend Um, We've got a number of people listening to this. We're really um, excited and thankful for those listeners. So thank you. 
We are committed to providing the most accurate and relevant content to our listeners. So if you have any questions or suggestions for future topics, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That's podcast at financiallysharp.com. Thanks, everybody. See you in the next episode. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com. 